Sports are back, baby. We got the NBA bubble, the WNBA wobble. We have Major League Baseball trying to get going. We have UFC fights breaking off. We have the MLS playing. Guys, it's here. Sports is back after such a long layoff. Don't miss out on the coverage. You're going to miss things. There's a lot going on. So make sure you subscribe to The Athletic and you can save 40% off. Don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of the unprecedented sports season we're about to experience. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, the reporting, the storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go now to theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard for 40% off of annual subscription. We hope to see you there. On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to talk about the Rockets' two scrimmages, what we've seen so far, and maybe talk about somebody's trip to Magic City. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream, the MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row, that's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man, I need you to acknowledge. He don't do this for the optics, man, he do this for the rock, kid. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me as always is my man on the ground, Kelly Eco, athletic beat writer, covers the Houston Rockets. I don't know about you, Kelly, but I'm just so happy basketball's on. Man, we actually have games to cover now. This is a, this is a crazy feeling. It's been, what, almost five months since a meaningful basketball game was played. It's been, it's, it's hilarious. It's been so tough, man, and just watching these games. And I know their scrimmages. I know they don't matter for anything, but I just I realized how much I miss this in my life. There's (laughs) there's been a little hole inside my heart that finally the void is being filled. Uh, It's it's been fun to watch. I think it comes from the fact that you know we take sports for granted, but you know these past four months, while they've been hard. At least now we get to actually see games happen, and and it it brings a kind of joy from you, you know. Like it's 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 hard to explain. It's just something that you understand is part of your daily routine. You expect basketball, you expect you know sports to happen in your life daily, or at least on a regular basis, and it's good to see. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. It's it's been fun. It seems like the bubble's working so far. Knock on wood. We got a long way to go, uh, but so far everything's looking pretty good. And speaking of speaking of uh. Uh, the wood he just knocked on my my new office setup is is fantastic. Ugh, we 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 almost won anybody, a full minute for an, for anybody who doesn't know. I built this with my bare hands. He did not build this ground. with his bare hands, folks. Up. He did not go from out the, into the woods, the, chop down a tree, and, and get the woods. Anybody who reads my work, anybody who knows my work ethic, you know, I I, I built this with my own two hands. He ordered something very, from IKEA read the instructions, used a little Allen wrench. I'm it very, really wasn't that hard, and it probably took him the entire day. I'm, I'm very proud of it, but, but continue. Yeah, okay. We're, we're <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> it really didn't take long for you to just dying to share that with everybody, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about what the fans really want, which is the Rockets play two scrimmages, man. They played the Toronto Raptors on Friday. They played the Memphis Grizzlies Sunday night. We're recording 
Monday morning. So kind of early on, it's scrimmages. We know not everybody played full games, things like that. What were some of your early takeaways? You know, what what did you see that you liked? Let's just start there. If everyone knows this, it's to overreact from any scrimmage you see. Bobos kind of, he was the first guy to get the ball rolling and everyone else has to, you know, put, come put line, respect but. on Bobo's name. MVP <laughs> bubble. <laughs> Bobo. <laughs> Bobo. But I think for me, two of the biggest things that I've seen are the defensive communication and the ball movement. Those are the two things I was looking for the most coming into the bubble. I wanted to see how much they improved on those two aspects because, you know, defensively, there were some holes in that team. They didn't talk at all. It was a point that was stressed home week after week after week. And the ball movement was one that was a bit harder because of the kind of style of offense that they play. But these first two games, I've seen some positive signs in those two fields. I've seen guys trying to switch seamlessly, talking out, pointing out switches, pointing out drop coverages. The ball movement has been really good. We're able to see some new things in the offense that they're trying to do, you know, coming off of of pick and pops and coming off of drags, just different kinds of small ball actions that, that carry a long way. But it's still... It's really early. No, I'm not sure if it'll it'll last. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it was it was nice to see the balance offensively. And I thought here's the thing. I thought they actually looked better against Toronto than they did against Memphis. You know, I thought in the Memphis, excuse me, in the Toronto game, they had a really good balance of one we're going isolation to one where we're going to start running stuff and, and, and moving and things like that. And you're right. The ball movement was awesome. Like, you know, I pulled clips from the Toronto game and had it on Twitter. And it was just good to see the ball, not just them trying to go north-south, but, you know, them getting the ball going side to side, getting the defense to move, everybody kind of getting touches a little bit and then, you know, finding the guy. It was it was really positive in that sense. And everything I was seeing in that game said, OK, this is this is a good sign. Now, it's very hard to strike that balance. But they were doing it in that first game. And and this is going to be, guys, they're just putting this in basically. Like, you imagine this way in terms of if this was a regular season, they would have a lot of time to figure that out. Now they don't, right? Now they got eight games and they're going to the playoffs. And these eight games mean something for them. They're not the Bucks. They're not the Lakers. They're not sitting on top and, and, and not worried about seeding. The, these games matter for the Rockets in terms of where they want to play, who they want to play in the first round, who they might want to see in the second round. So they don't have a lot of time to figure all that out. But it was good to just see kind of that balance. And if they're able to kind of find that early, that adds a whole new dimension to this team. And speaking of adding a new dimension, you know, Coach Mike D'Antoni talked about things he wanted to add into the offense, new wrinkles. And, you know, through the first two games, I've already seen four of them. Um, I talked to a couple of guys in the team to kind of get an idea of what they were what they were looking for, you know, in the restart. And they, they told me four things. One, Russ post-ups, they wanted to see more of that. Two, they wanted to see um, Eric Gordon without James and Russ for a, a period of time. Three, play strictly five out with no one in the, in the, um, the rim runner spot. And four, they wanted to see... Jeff Green and other guys come in and house as a rim runner and trying to play that way. So I think the most impressive to me has been seeing the Russ post up because although he, it hasn't been that effective in terms of converting shots, it's been effective in terms of getting guys looks and creating for himself. That's kind of the thing that I wanted to see how they would operate going forward. Because if you look at how they operate on the floor, it's a two, three, a two, three uh, floor balance where the left side is overloaded with a shooter. In the corner, shooting the wing, shooting the top of the key. And then Russ has the ball in the post with someone on the opposite wing. And that allows you to, one, use Russ to point out the mismatches. 
Two, have some weak side action going on to keep the defense engaged. And three, keep everything balanced. And I think that's what Coach wants to see going forward. Yeah, Kelly, like I'm not too excited about them posting Russ up. And, you know, the big thing is like there are different kinds of post-ups. He did it a couple of times in the game yesterday where he dribbles from half court all the way down into the post. And that's a very like stagnant one that I think is just, it doesn't work. I don't think it's a good look. I don't think it's, it's something that, the Rockets should feel that invested in. It's one thing if they get him in movement and and having him cut and then get into the post. They have that nice set for Eric Gordon where they set a pin down and you know Gordon either comes off the screen for a three or, or back cuts if the defense tries to jump it and back cuts for a layup. But overall, like Russ's post game is not very good. And you know when you look at his numbers according to Synergy. Post-ups, including passes, his points per possession is 0.84. That's well below league average. That's like in the 20th percentile. So that's just not good. And, you know, if you go back to last season when he was doing it in Oklahoma City, it was a little bit better at, you know, 0.93. But it's just not his game. Like, you know, as as a defense, yes, post, post Russ up, please. I'd rather that than him just flying down the lane. Well, well, yeah, that's, that's fair. But, but to your point, I think this is kind of what they want to see, what they can get out of them. You know, if you look at the, the few times that they've done it on the first two games, I mean, it's, it hasn't been great, but there were some times where they got good guys looks. Um, I think that's something to at least look into, even though you, you might not go to it, you know, 10, 15 times a game. But I mean, it's a wrinkle. He said, these games are going to see if things are going to stick or not. So I think apart from Russ post ups, the, playing the strictly five out and playing faster. There have been some pretty positive spots. I'm seeing a lot of ball movement, a lot of drive and kick, less isolation you know, possessions, which is good to see, and more keeping guys engaged because I think at the end of the day, you're going to need all five guys engaged at all times on the floor. And the best way to do that is to move the ball, you know, get extra passes, pass up good looks for great looks, and keep going from there. Yeah, no, they were, I mean, the ball movement was great. You know, we touched on that. Like, it looked good in that sense, and I think that's been a positive thing. Did you, I didn't feel like they played with quick pace, though. Did you feel like they played with a lot of pace? Because I didn't feel well, like they played faster. Well, so when he says faster, I and, and he's explained this before, because generally when people talk, talk about pace, they... They talk about, you know, speed. But what he's talking about isn't actually referring to, like, the speed of the game, but how fast they're getting into their actions. And I think that's where you've seen a, a bit of an increase. I, I don't think it's that steep to say, we're well, oh, the Rockets are playing super, super fast now. But I've seen sometimes where they get into actions pretty quickly. Uh, we see the seven seconds or less offensive effect. It really happens when Eric Gordon is in the game and there's a kick ahead pass to him to get him going downhill or something like that. Or if it's hardened to Russ. And I've seen that a lot. I've seen the ball, them getting the ball ahead to Russ a lot. I'm wondering if that's, I'm pretty sure it's a conscious effort to kind of get him going. They've been doing that all year though. That's been a. But, but, but I'm saying, I'm saying in terms of, in terms of getting guys to their actions off that, it's not just him getting the ball and attacking the lane. Cause yeah, that's been their bread and butter. But there have been other actions coming off of that, which is what I think they're looking at to see. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying with the pace. I just didn't see it like, you know, the way it was kind of the way he had talked about it going into this, you know, from, from the reports I've read was that they were looking to play more up tempo. And that certainly wasn't the case yesterday against Memphis. And, I, and the other thing I want to touch on is their transition defense was God awful yesterday. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been terrible for the whole season. And, and that's the one thing 
that I think should give them pause. Transition defense comes, you know, from different things. It can come from bad offense. It can come from, you know, guys just not coming back together and not communicating. But it has not looked good at all through two games. I wonder if if that's a continuing trend. Do they have to adjust kind of how they, you know, play in the half court? Because that's something that if you, if you don't fix that up, that can kill you in the playoffs. Oh, that's going to be a, a disaster. I thought there were some good things on the, the defensive side. I thought James did a really good job against big guys, like we said. Like, you know, I thought this, you know, he, he was guarding uh, Valanchunas. He was guarding Jaron Jackson. You know, I thought he was doing a good job against big guys causing problems not just holding his own but forcing bad shots forcing turnovers and stripping the ball and things like that I thought he did a really good job on that end and that's something we've always said is he's a good post player post defender excuse me because you know he's so big and strong and and so on you know they they did get out rebounded that wasn't good but the other thing man look at first I thought Robert Covington just didn't want to play the first game he fouls out in 15 minutes right and then you know, in the Memphis game, he fouls out. You know, P.J. Tucker fouled out. You know, like there's the the fouling is also kind of a, a bit of an issue. And I think that comes from maybe not being fully conditioned yet for up and down play. You know, you get kind of lazy and you, you know, you, you go for the strip or whatever instead of playing solid defense. And that's how you pick up a foul here and there. Whoa, whoa. But those, but those foul, well, at least for Tucker, his fouls didn't come from being lazy i mean his sixth foul was kind of a tussle for the ball with him and um yeah i mean it was i, I mean there's arguments ar- yeah, yeah it's arguable some some of them were arguable calls i mean trust me tucker was pissed for about four minutes <laughs> they kept showing him on the broadcast <laughs> kicking kicking the chair and, and then too much that he's laughing and smiling yeah so you know there was there was some of that but and, and i shouldn't say lazy i should say fatigue excuse me that forgive me guys wrong word but just being tired i think tends to lead to those kinds of situations and you know the the fouling is going to be an issue if they keep that up like that's something they got to figure out on that defensive side because it, it it did look rather sloppy you see from kind of the other guys eric gordon daniel house you know i mean Cuff. we, we got to talk quickly macklemore your boy ben uh had a hell of a game shot the ball really well uh, against Memphis and and finished with like twenty something. I'm, I'm looking that's at so- twenty six last night. You know, like that's pretty yeah. solid. But the guy and you've mentioned this a few times. I've seen you tweeted a couple of times. You've said it on here. Jeff Green has looked good these past two games. Right. You know. And, and I I talked to him last night after the game, just kind of trying to see you know what they're telling him in practice as far as his role and what he's able to do. And he said he's used to this switch heavy defense. He's used to playing a bit smaller and having to use his his size and physicality and speed to get things done. Because granted, the Rockets are using him in a pretty simplified role. They're not asking him to do too much. For anyone on Twitter listening, he's not trying to be their savior. <laughs> Jeff Green is not going to be the Rockets' savior. But for him to excel in that role, he needs to do everything that's asked of him, which is to space the floor, you know, be a rim runner when he's asked to, hit open shots when he's asked to, and defend. There are times when... Valtrunas had no resistance in the paint, but you know that'll happen for a smaller team. You have to just be scrappy. And I think Jeff Green and the other guys did a good job of being scrappy, and that's what the Rockets want to see, at least defensively. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I thought, you know, there were definitely flashes where Eric Gordon was was aggressive and, and kind of took it to the rim and was, you know, playing with, you know, the, the Eric Gordon from a couple years ago that won the sixth man of the year kind of uh, swagger. You know, what'd you see from him? 
Um, I think Gordon is going to take some time just getting his legs back. But he has looked good, at least in terms of the aggression. And th- and that's the wrinkle that I talked about earlier. The Rockets kind of, and I know it might have you take it, but the Rockets took that game where he scored 50 and they understood that Gordon is a guy that can tend to zone out of games if he's not being used as much. And I think they want to get him going with him and the second unit by himself, even if it's for three minutes at a time, four minutes at a time. Because if you do that, when you bring in Russ and James, he won't be, you know, he'll be he'll be assertive. The Rockets want him to be assertive because he's someone who's been talked about as their X factor forever. And and you can, and you can see it. He's a guy who does the same thing that Russ and James do, just on a smaller scale. He's a, he's a ball score. He's a scoring guard. So. Um, I've seen some flashes of the old Gordon. I've seen some rust, but uh, it's two games, so I think he'll continue to get better. Yeah, I think in general, I think we're going to see guys work off rust. I mean, the other thing too for Russ coming off of coming into camp a little bit late, really had just two practices and jumping into games. I think there's still some uh, rust there that he's got to work off and and get ready to play and ready to hoop in that sense. Hey folks, most of you are in and around the city of Houston because, you know, we're a Houston podcast. We talk about the Houston Rockets, talk about James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and the whole squad. And what better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged just like you. So why not advertise on your favorite podcast? To advertise on this show, it's very, very easy. Go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form. We'll get back to you right away. So go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads today, and I'll be reading your ads next week. Yeah, let's let's pivot to something a little bit more interesting here, Kelly. Magic City. <laughs> Listen, I love a good I love a, I love a good chicken wing too. Uh the uh the news were breaking not breaking, but the news broke over the weekend that uh Lou Williams there were pictures of him at Magic City, a gentleman's club in Atlanta. Now, Lou's been on the record several times. I mean, you know, on other podcasts, on, you know, other interviews. His favorite food, his favorite restaurant is Magic City, and it's because of the food, and they have wings named after him. I think, you know, there's a whole thing there. The the whole story is, you know, after his excused absence, which he went to go, you know, had a death in the family, you know, he, he stopped in to get some food. You know, he says he was in and out. Pictures started popping up on Instagram. Jack Harlow putting it out there. I think the DJ also took a picture of it. And wait, 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 wait. You know who Jack Harlow is? I have no clue who Jack Harlow is. Not not even a little. Not even a little. I didn't know who Jack Harlow was until this happened. I was about to be really surprised. N- yeah, no, no. You know, Kelly. You know. And everybody knows at this point. That ain't my game. Uh, you, you know, so I was kind of... It, it, the whole thing where Jack Harlow's name started popping up everywhere, I was like, I have no idea who the hell this is. Like, okay. And I didn't care enough to investigate. So... <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like, you know, he comes back to the bubble. The NBA comes back, says you got to quarantine for 10 days. Kelly, what were your thoughts, man? I think, first of all, people have to understand the, the protocols of these gentlemen clubs. So for someone who's been there, let me tell you how it goes. When you get to a gentleman's club, typically you're hungry. The food that they serve at these clubs is exquisite. The French fries are to die for. I've been, I've been to... A couple. I wouldn't say many, but I've been to a couple. I've been to my fair share. And I will say <laughs> oh, sometimes the food 
the food is as good, if not better, than the overall experience. So I understand why. And he has wings named after him. So I understand completely why he would go to his favorite restaurant in one of his favorite cities and have a meal. Now, 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 granted, it is it is pretty silly to do it in this time because, you know, you shouldn't be out in those kind of public spaces, number one. Number two, why is Magic City even open? Number three, why is Jack Carroll taking a picture of it and putting it on Instagram knowing well aware of the situation that we're in in these, you know, pandemic times? Thought that was pretty stupid. But, you know, if we're talking about the food, the food is good. Okay. So, so, so here. Don't bash. Don't bash. You know, Gentleman's Club food because it didn't do anything to you. Let me, <laughs> okay, Kelly, with a stern defense of uh, <coughs> food at Strip I got to stand for what's right. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I actually have no problem that he went to this place. But to me, it's like you're in a situation you got to – this is a to-go thing, right? You got to get this to-go. Like this isn't – there shouldn't be pictures of you inside. And you're right. Like what's it doing being open, all that stuff? We know Georgia's in a, a weird uh, – and he went for a funeral. Like, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants no, I'm, to do. I'm okay. Listen, no, no, no. All of that's fine. He, the idea is he should have been maybe trying to avoid more people than that. It, and and even if you, you can get the food. It's to go, man. Send Jack to go get the food and then bring it to you. <laughs> you ain't have to go. You can do that. Like, there's enough people around. And then the other thing, too. Listen, Kelly, talk to your homie Jack Harlow here. Okay, he takes a picture. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me let me finish. Let me finish. You can you can <laughs> do all that, but like, you take a picture, right. put it up on Instagram. Then it becomes right. a problem, and your immediate response is like, "Oh no, it was an old picture." The dude, Lou is wearing a mask from the NBA bubble. How are you going to say it's an old picture? He just got the mask a week ago. <laughs> like, come on, man, come up with a better lie. That was the funniest, and, and you know what's crazy? I just found out that Jack Harlow was 22 years old. Man. I, I had no idea he was that young, but now that I do know, he, it explains it. Because that's such a stupid lie. Like, just stupid. <laughs> just stupid. Like I, I, I get he was so excited. Like He's 22. He met Lou Williams, you know, six men like Lou Williams. So he wants to you know, post on the gram, but you should have known that he's going to get in trouble for that. And now he's gonna miss the opener. I mean, he's gonna miss of a team that's already shorthanded. He's gonna right. miss a, a, I think, like maybe it's two games in the quarantine. Wow, you know, and and this is the thing: it's not the games that he's gonna miss. We're seeing it with Russ a little bit, right? He's gonna lose a lot of conditioning, right? And that matters. And this is a team with the Clippers that have not really had continuity all year. All year, it's been a different injury, a load management, this or that, or they're bringing in new guys and things. Like there's a, they're still trying to fig, figure themselves out. Now they're talented as all hell, so it might not matter. But like that, it's just man, just make smarter decisions. Don't be the dude that ruins the bubble, right? Like that's all it is, and and all of that stuff. And and you want the food? That's great. Just send somebody to go get it, man. Postmates it. Do something, please. Like just be a little bit, a little bit brighter. Yeah, but sometimes you gotta have that. You gotta have that personal touch, you know. It's it's a it's a gentleman's club experience. It's part of the it's part of the aura. You got to go in. Not in a pandemic. It's, it's not misty. in a pandemic, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. No, not now. I'm <laughs> saying in, a, in a normal time, it's it's misty. You know, it's mysterious. You're just eat, sitting there chomping away at wings and fries. And and I'll be honest with you, it would have been a bad look if it was just a regular restaurant. 
Yeah. You, you, you're, yeah you're not, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, it's just bad timing. Yeah, it's just really all, bad timing and poor decision making. All together. And to be honest, it's kind of good that it got out because that way the NBA knew to, to, to really kind of like, hey, we got to make sure he's definitely doesn't have it or isn't bringing it into the bubble. So, you know, it is what it is. Well, shame on the the league should have had a uh, a, <laughs> a chaperone. You want them to send a chaperone with these dudes? No, I'm saying the league should have had a gentleman's club inside the bubble for just for food reasons only. Still. Yeah, no, that at all wouldn't cause any sort of problems, Kelly. That at all wouldn't cause any sort of issues there. I am so glad you're Orlando, not part Orlando, of Orlando. Orlando Magic City. I'm, I am so glad you're not part of the league's planning committee there. Uh, you, <laughs> We've had a whole lot of other issues. I think this is a good place to wrap it up, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. For Kelly Eco, for our man Mike Smeltz, for me, Mo DeKeel, we out!